Welcome back to another episode of All in the Library with your host, Leslie Nicholson. That's me. I'm a middle school librarian and my co-host. Hey, I'm Debbie Sewell and I'm a high school librarian. And so without any further ado, let's get started with our next episode. We are so excited to have Taylor Shepard author here. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> so we are um, going to let our listeners know that Taylor is a fellow um, media library specialist with us here in Humble. And when we found out that she was an author, of course, we had to book her and um, for our podcast. And we are so excited. Debbie has had a chance to read through your book. I apologize. I have not read through the the, the leather. It's leather and sage. Sage. I wanted to say leather and lace, which would probably not be appropriate. So leather <gasps> and sage is the correct one. Oh, and it was one. so good. I <laughs> loved it. Everyone needs to go out and get this book and read it. It's amazing. So let's spell Taylor's last name because it's not spelled like I would spell Shepherd. It is S-H-E-P-E-A-R-D. And you can go search for her books online. Or how many, what do you have out? So you've got the one, you've got leather and sage. So Go ahead, just talk to us about that because you're young. I mean, when did you get this published? Oh, well, thank you. Um, I I actually met my publisher who is, a, she has a small press in Houston. So she is local to where we're located at. And I met her through a networking event, um, which is also hosted in Houston and it's Rightspace. And pre-COVID, they had it every single summer down in downtown i met kelly um had previously actually published a short story that was set in the world of leather and sage with um, a publisher she was working for at the time and when she branched out and started her own publishing company oh gosh it was it it was 2020 so it i had sent her the manuscript right at the beginning of 2020 before co or 2019 before COVID and everything happened and she accepted it. Um, it was originally a vignette. And so she told me, I really love the story. I really love the characters. And as a vignette, it was written in a collection of short stories, poems, and um, poultices. So basically potion recipes. Yes. And it all built into this one world. And she said, I love it. I love the characters. I only publish series. I don't want a standalone. I want something that's gonna have at least four books in it. And I said, no problem, I can rewrite it. So the manuscript got picked up and the contract was signed in 2019. But what I sent her was not what was published. That was basically, I guess at this point, an introduction to the world that I had created that she was interested in and invested in. And then I wrote a completely different novel so what's published is not what i sent her in the least the character names are not even the same except for um lillian that's the only character name that's interesting wow. mm -hmm. i know it's a hard process it really is to to do all of that it is and it's it's important to note i think for aspiring writers because you you have this masterpiece and you love it and it's everything that you want it to be and it is not going to be that by the time it's published um and that's just a hard lesson to learn is that you know nothing that you write is perfect and even when it gets published it's not going to be perfect but then all of these people that get their hands on it know not only the market because you are kind of writing for a market 
but they also know what's going to um, fill in the holes in your story. And so you kind of have to have a little lead way in letting others put their hands on your work. Very cool. So tell us the process. How did you decide to start writing and um, uh, what was your journey to get to that point, to get a book published? So I knew that I was going to be an author when I was in elementary school. I had just decided that that was my journey in life and I I just wrote all the time. I would procrastinate and not do my assignments in college because I would go to the coffee shop to work on my homework and instead I'd be like, no, I think I'm gonna write a story instead. Um, part of that I believe is because my mom worked in a library. So when I went to work with my mom, she sat me in a corner and she was like, read, entertain yourself. So that's what I did. My dad worked for Cinemark Theaters. So when I went to work with him, um, he sat me up by the projector. So when they had the actual film reels, I would sit up in that window and actually look down the window to the movies. And so anytime I went to work with my parents, which was all the time, I was invested in stories. And so that's where I kind of learned that I love to have all of these different stories that aren't real, but still talk about the human experience. And so my first publication was actually while I was in college, I was writing more short stories at that point than I was writing full blown novels because novels take a lot of, of editing. They take a lot of um, planning if you're a plotter as opposed to a pantser. Um, and my junior year of college is when I got my first short story published by an online magazine, Five to One. I will never forget the name of that online magazine. And it was actually inspired by a Lana Del Rey song. So I listened to the song, I wrote the short story, I edited it and sent it in. And I'll never forget their email either because they said, this is rad. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Is it on your website or uh, what was it the is. story? So all of my, and in, in getting short stories published, depending on where you're publishing them, that's kind of um, a different process as well, because those magazines will have basically first publication rights. But then from there, you're usually allowed to share them. So like with a novel, I couldn't just send out links of it to everybody and say, here, read it because the publisher needs to make money. But for these magazines, once they've published it and they get credit for the publication, that's when you can take those links and I have them on my website. And I, of course, would send them out to people because I was very excited when I would get these publications. Um, and so that's kind of how that process works. And they are all on my um, website. What's the name of that story? Your very first one that you published? Oh, gosh, I remember everything else, but I'm blinking. Oh. Drifter. 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 Oh, that's really good. Yes. So I was wondering about that one because I read it because it's on your website and like, I guess her friend is dead. Is that right? And she's joins him. Is that what happens? <laughs> okay. That is exactly what happens. It's okay. A lot of my stories are kind of morbid, actually, which is. Yes, I wanted to know our audience members can't on see that. Me. Please expound on that because <laughs> I don't look like a morbid person. No. <laughs> You don't have a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I don't know. I guess that part of my life has been, you have the face that you put on for everybody else, but then you have all of the emotions that you have inside. And I think that part of the reason why I can be so happy and smiling and everything like that when I'm in person is because I have an outlet 
for all of the negative emotions that I feel. And it's a way for me to process these things and put these different emotions and characteristics into characters and see how these characters play out with these feelings that I have. Because as soon as that character goes onto the page and this is gonna, I never know how to explain this to people. Like, that's not me. And yeah, I'm pulling my emotions and I'm probably pulling from my life and things like that. But those characters are their own people and they become almost like my little experiments. Like if I put them in these different situations, what are the different threads of life that they can go down and, and how is that going to look? Wow. <laughs> I just usually sit down with a pencil and paper and just start going or typing it out. I don't, I don't, I, that's what I'm, that's why I can't write. I mean, I, I do write. I just, I write creative stories. You know, I don't write nonfiction, but when I, I, I think that's what's kept me from sitting down to write a novel, even though I have ideas, because I feel like you have to really dig deeper and get get deeper and really get into these characters. And I, I, d I don't think I could do it. It just always stops me. So listening to you talk about that, that is, it's very, very eye-opening. I love it. Thank you. We're talking about being a pantser or a um, plotter. Which one are you? I would say that I'm, I'm a good mesh of both. Um, so for Leather and Sage, obviously I kind of already had an outline. I, what I had originally sent to Kelly functioned like an outline and I took a couple of those short stories at the beginning and that became book one. So I already essentially had my beginning, middle, end and it was easy or not easy is not the right word. It was quicker <laughs> to write that book because I already had the timeline laid out for me and I had the characters even though names changed and even though relations changed like um Debbie has read Leather and Sage and so William that character yeah. originally was a brother oh. and instead in Leather and Sage I, I wanted it to be more female focused in the coven and so that changed and he became a love interest yeah oh I liked him I liked him as the love interest Yes, yeah, so that's that's what he became within the story. So I, I had the outline, I had what I was going to do, and I just had to change it a little bit. Um, for my other novel, which is one that I actually have with beta readers right now, it's a completely different genre. That was one that I completely pantsed. I knew who the characters were, and I knew that we were starting with a enemies to lovers kind of trope. I knew that they were going to end up um, where they ended up in the end. I'm trying to say this without not. Yeah. Spoilers. No spoilers. Right. No spoilers. Okay. And I knew what the catalyst was going to be in the middle, but I didn't know how they were going to get there. I didn't know who wow. their friends were. I didn't know what their family was. I didn't know what their their schooling situation or their economic situation or anything like that. I just knew the characters. And so that one was really a discover as I went along situation oh. well you know i haven't read that one yet i haven't been the beta tester but um your i read some of your most of your short stories that i could get online and i read you know your your novel that you've written so far and they all seem very southern dark gothic kind of that feel where like you really pull in a lot from the the south where did that come from mm -hmm. did you grow up talk to us about that so I like to say I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, but I was only there for a year. And then my parents moved me down here. I go to Knoxville at least once a year, but I was raised, if not born in Houston, Texas. 
and my grandmother is a Texas history teacher or she was for many, 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 many years and she loved history and we got dragged everywhere. I mean, everywhere when I was younger, we got dragged to um, those old plantations where we got to walk around and look at the houses. We got dragged to, dragged, I say, like I don't run there now, but New Orleans and things like that because there's so much history in New Orleans. And it wasn't like we just went out to these places and looked around like, this is really cool. No, we went into these homes and she was like, this is where the herb drying rack was. And this is how you would actually like go gather and harvest all of these different things and hang them up. So I got a lot of the knowledge that I tried to put into my novels from my grandmother and then research from there. But then I've always loved kind of that swampy setting, that kind of mist and that fog and everything like that, because I feel like my characters are their own parts of the story, but then setting is so important as well. And, and the swamp just kind of speaks for itself or even just the dry, dusty, barren plains that you can end up on. Um, not to mention the, the culture, Southern culture, and the fact that for people who are not Southern, it's almost like being in a completely different place. Well, that's, I, I'm going to, now Now I feel so, so, so am, amazingly excited about reading this because I do love that you know, it reminds me when you're you were kind of saying that that thing. It reminds me of True Blood, right? And that kind of that southerny, gothicy mm -hmm. kind of a world. So I will be definitely going to pick that one up. Um, so I know that um, we have Leather and Sage. We've got a new book that you're working on to to come out. So we're really excited about that, and uh, we'll make sure to um, help promote you as much as we can with that. And Debbie, if um, you don't mind, let's wrap this up with our um, Would You Rather version, author version. Can okay. you can you get started for us? Okay, so Taylor, um, this is fun. You just elaborate on it. You know, there's no right answer, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just fun. So, okay, would you rather read a series as they come out or wait until all the books have been published to binge read them? Hmm. I like reading. I, I can't wait. I read them as they come out. I don't have that kind of self-control. <laughs> as soon as I know I like it and the next one comes out, I'm like, yeah, I'm grabbing it. I know. It. I know. I've pre-ordered so many books. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And then I'll just reread them. There you go. That's great. Okay. Would you rather have dinner with your favorite character or your favorite author? And who would that be? Can you pick the hardest question? Probably my favorite author um, right now, but this answer could change. And then it's it's Sarah J. Moss. Oh, As nice. Although Margaret Atwood is is a close. Oh, actor. awesome! <laughs> I adore her. <laughs> we have about two more questions. So, Taylor, would you rather be the one that decides how a book ends or how it begins? Ends definitely ends. I want to, even if it's an open ending and I kind of leave it to people to figure it out, um, I, I want to know. That's so, I love the beginnings. I love the beginnings. Um, oh, here's the last, this is our last question. Would you rather be the first one to know about a book release or a book to film adaptation? Oh, book release. But I that's, know. That's a, that's a mm. tricky one for me because I'm one of those. 
people who like doing the comparisons of, of the book and the film and things like that. I do too. I love, I do love a good adaptation. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Uh, that's the end of our time. So Taylor, I just want to thank you so much for spending some time with us, telling us about your book and what you've got coming up in the pipeline. Um, you can find uh, Taylor Shepard, T-A-Y-L-O-R, and the last name is S-H-E-P-E-A-R-D. You can find her online. And um, as we always say, as we end our episode, put down that phone and pick up a book. Oh, God. Thanks again. Thanks so much for having me. Uh